I want to start with quite a one passage. Is that okay this morning? It's from Romans 8. So I'm going to read it because it's going to be it's going to be the basis of, of what we're going to talk about. And we're going to be talking we're going to be talking about this morning transformation to be like Jesus. And so I'm going to read from Romans 8. It's a it's a, a, a long passage, but we've got we've got yes we've got time to do it. Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has been made free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the Lord might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, to be worldly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That is wars. It wars against God. For it is not subject. It doesn't, it doesn't believe in the Lord of God. Nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised you from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children and of God. And if children, we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Everything's ours. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of his creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know... The whole creation groans and labours with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. So even ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what it sees? But if we hope for what we do not see... 
we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. The second coming of Christ. Likewise, the Spirit itself also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he called, and whom he called he justified, and whom he justified he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his only son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? And it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death or life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. An incredible passage of scripture, a lot of deep stuff in there, but the gist of it is, is being in the spirit and not in the flesh. And as we read, you know, we've got to die to our flesh earlier on. We've got to die to all these things that we've got to do and we want to do and everything else because you die today, you've got to hope you're going to heaven. And it's not tomorrow. We are not granted tomorrow. We are not. And that's why he wants us to live today like Jesus Christ is coming back today. That puts us under a completely different picture of how to live our life. And we come to service and we listen to some, some of God's words. We go home and within one week forgot it. Hallelujah. Okay, that's the flesh. That's why he wants us to be in the spirit. And you can understand why, why God has told us he wants to transform us. Get out of this flesh. Get into the spirit. The more we're in the flesh, the worse we get. The more we worry, the worse we get. The more we fret, the worse we get. The more we, the more we look at things and we can't do anything about them, the worse we get. Like Parliament, the worse we get. Amen? And so we've got to somehow let God help us with these words and our togetherness and everything and transform us from this thinking. These are the scriptures. We should all, well, let me just, we should all know by now how much God wants to help us. 
Do you? I mean, if you don't know how much God wants to help you by now, you, you, you might as well go and start again. And we'll start again in January. Hallelujah. It's incredible to ensure we have not only eternal life, but a blessed life in this one. So whatever's coming, that we, we know we're okay. And that, that, that confidence, that, that, that incredible feeling that, that we have, no matter what's going on, I have to keep stepping out and going, but I'm going to be okay. Because I'm going to stay with God. No matter what anyone else tells me, no matter what trouble comes, no matter what people say, no matter what people do, whether they're angels or flesh, I'm not going to take any notice of them unless it's from God. Amen. And that's, that's what the way I've got to be. We only can look at briefly today at the scriptures about transformation because the Bible's full of transformation <laughs> from start to the finish. So we start with 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18. Now, oh, here we go. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And so when you go out in the Spirit, you're in freedom. You go out in the flesh, you're in captivity. Activity. It is so simple. As soon as you stop thinking about talking about God and you feel bad, you are in your flesh. And yet if you just get out of there, you know, what do I do when I go to speak to people? You'll hear me if you say, you know, all of a sudden I go to, go to speak to somebody and you'll hear me go, I want the spirit to flow. I want me to stop thinking of what I'm going to do. And trust in God that, that the words that come out of my mouth are from God. There's liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror in the glory that we're looking at ourselves, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And it's not about going to look in the mirror and going, have you changed today? <laughs> You know, it's not that. It's just another picture that God gives us to be looking at ourselves. Are we changing? And you know we're changing because people will tell you. You're you, one, one of our greatest witnesses. The people who know us tell us we're changing. Amen? We have a friend of ours, and, you know, and she's known us ever since the children were born and went to the same schools. And now she's still our friend. She doesn't believe. Even though she said... Well, he's completely different. He said he still sells, he still tells the same silly jokes. He said, but he's, you know, the change in him has been incredible. But she still doesn't believe. But it's that, it's that witness that people will give us that will tell us. And of course, we actually know that, you know, in Romans 8, 28, we've just done that, you know. And when we're called to his, his purpose, he knew us, you know. He knew that he, there would be people who will listen to God. He knows that. And he knows that the more Christians go out and witness, more people will hear it, and more people will have the example, and more people will come. It's, it's as simple as that. No matter what, you can pray all you like, God grow the church. And he'll come to his, he'll come to his servants and say, go on then. Go and do the work I've given you to do. It is so simple. But, but when, we, when, but when we look at this and he says that he has, he knew, he knew that people would come to him. And he predestined us. And it doesn't mean he picked you at the beginning of time to do this. He knew his predestination for man was to know him. Only the ones that 
answer. We'll get to know that, 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 that this predestination is for us. But when we, when, he, when we look at that, he tells us then, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And that's incredible. Why? So that, you know, that, that he could help all those people and help us be transformed to being these people that God wants us to be. Joyful, peaceful, hopeful, blessed, happy. Even when we don't want to be happy, Jesus can make us happy. Crazy stuff. Even when you get to despair, he still said, I will come and be with you. And it's amazing, isn't it? And that's the life that we've got. I want to be transformed. I want my heart to be changed. I want my mind to be changed. I want my mouth to be changed. To speak those things of God. Why? The Lord, in his wisdom, gave us this word. To ensure we know what he wants for us. But more importantly for our flesh, it's to tell us what he can do for us. Isn't that wonderful what he can do for us? You know, we work with him. He gives us that abundant life that he's promised. I mean, you think about some of the people, some of the famous people that have had tragic consequences, you know, paralyzed and had, and had cancer and, and have lost, lost all the family and, you know, and all that. And they turn to Christ and become amazing witnesses for Christ. It's just incredible because what did they do? They, they were devastated and they turned to the maker. And he changed their, their lives. It, it, is, it is amazing. And you know, God wants to use us. Who are we? We're just, but Leslie, we're just, we're just people. We're not special. We're special to God now. Because we are his children, that's true. But before they were just one of his creation that he's calling out to and trying to speak to and trying to get him to, to go to them. Romans 12, 1, 2. This is just about that transformation. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. People say to me, what does that mean, Mark? I said, it's quite simple. You've got to stop living for yourself all the time and do some living for Christ. The sacrifice is putting some of the things that you want to do out the way and doing for Christ. And, and the rewards for doing that is just so far in advance of anything else you could think of. But we don't see it that way because it interferes with what we think. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy. There's a nice one next. Holy. Who's holy here? Anybody holy? Oh, what a question. I love holiness. I love holiness. Mm, no one. That's a good answer. None of us. We're trying. I love it. We're trying. And you know, if you ever want a teaching on holiness, tell me. We'll be there for three years. Every day. Hallelujah. It is an amazing subject in the Bible. But it's acceptable to God. We've got to be acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. It's not even something special. So if whenever you think you're sacrificing something, the Lord is saying, this is just reasonable. 
because whatever you do for me, I've by, by far, by far, bless you for whatever you think you've done for me. And here's the bit, and be do not can be conformed to the world. We are, we are so wrapped up in this world, all of us, that we just forget it. Yeah, we've got to do the things of the world. And any, any lady was like the washing just to be done an iron just like that. Oh, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't like ironing. I don't mind telling anyone. It's the most irritating thing I've ever done in my life. Every time I put one crease, a crease comes somewhere else. And I don't want to learn. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank God for my wife. Praise God. Transformed by the renewing of our mind. You see, and it is, isn't that amazing that God can say that? So all these people that say, oh, well, I can't do this, and I, you know, I'm not very clever, and, and all these things that they, people say. And yet God said, I'll do it by renewing your mind, whoever you are, whatever position you're in. Isn't that amazing? And, we, and you know, people say, oh, what about this and what about that? I said, look, God gives us the scriptures for us who can understand, understand. For those who can't, we have to help them. Okay, it's so simple. It's not, it's not that we're all going to be some, some geniuses and we're going to learn the Bible off by heart, whatever it is. And it's all for that is so that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And don't forget, God's already promised way back in Ezekiel, he wants to give us a new heart. Because he, he knows what, what kind of hearts we've got. He knows that, he knows that, they, he knows that they, they know it's a stony, stony heart. He knows that you've got a stony heart. He knows that what we're like. He knows his human race. You know what? From the beginning he said, man's heart is wicked. You know, hey, how about that then? How about, I said, what, we'll go out witnessing tomorrow and just go knock on the doors and say, do you know your heart is wicked? Hallelujah. No, we won't do it, John, so don't worry. So it's so important that we know God is trying to give us all these things that, you know, that, that he wants us to give us this heart of flesh. And but, but you know what this heart of flesh is for. You say, well, that's ridiculous, Mark. My heart's already flesh. No, God is trying to tell us. This heart of flesh he's trying to give us is a flesh of love, a heart of love. That's where he wants to change us. Instead of being hard-hearted, hard-headed, and, and, and wanting to be so right all the time. Hallelujah. Conviction comes. Very simple, doesn't it? And that's what we're like. You know, and the, it was the first time that I, 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 I really, in, in my life, it's okay to be wrong. Amen. It's okay to be wrong. It's all right because when we admit that we're wrong, it's the humility that God's wanting us so he can help us and we can help each other. Amen. The heart the heart and of course that heart was to love him we loved him because he loved us first and, and all this time in our lives he's trying to, trying to give us love all the time and it's, and it's up for us to understand that all the things that are happening to us is because we get ourselves into trouble most of the time not anyone else we know we've got this, this massive battle, but no one else. And he wants that love for him. Of course, he wants this love to go out to others 
And, if, and here's the last ones that people have. I found mo- people have trouble with the last love most, loving themselves. Do you know, no matter what, you know, most people boast and everything, but in their dark times and in their quiet times, they, they, they're actually very, very critical of themselves. Anyone said something wrong and, and worried about it for a, a while? <laughs> well, thank God for the love of Christ. Isn't that amazing? Thank God for that forgiveness that we know. And the mercy of God that had mercy upon us first. To, to show us the love we've got to have to have mercy on others. It is just this amazing transformation that God wants in our thinking and the way we are. He tells us to mortify the flesh. It's brilliant, isn't it? Mortify means, yeah, who said that? Kill. Kill the flesh. Now, don't go home and commit suicide because you will go to hell. You're not, that's not your job to, con- to control your own life like that. Okay, just take that one first. To kill, to kill our flesh. Yet again, we've got to live in the flesh, we've got to work in the flesh. So it's not about, it's not about killing our flesh, it's killing the deeds of the flesh. All those things that, with David, that you said. All those distractions, all those other things that take you away from God. And guess what? They're still doing them today. It's so important that we look at it, you know, and oh, God is trying to transform us, to change our desires. My wife loves holidays. Okay? And yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not being critical. When she gets out of holidays, Mark loves them. Okay, they're great. Flesh gets fed and everything else. And we get the sun on us and all those lovely things. And, and we're, you know, we have great time. We're on our own most of the time as well. You know, it's, it's lovely. It's lovely. I've got no problem with that at all. But if our desire is to go on a holiday more than it is for God, it's become our idol. It's become our distraction. It's become our barrier, our hurdle. And so we've got to be so careful how we look at what we want and what does it do with our life with Christ. It's a very simple check. A very simple check. And so, so God said, look, I'm just trying to help you with all this. And I know, I know the Bible's big and I know there's loads of words in it, but I'm just going to teach you one step at a time. So stop beating yourself up. We will get there. It takes people longer in some areas and takes people, people are very quick in other areas. But it's okay. Everyone's battle is the same. Everyone's battle. Different battles, but the whole battle is the same. Flesh versus spirit. Every single one of us. And that's why we meet. Take it, me. It's one of the reasons we have church. It's not just to come and, hello, nice, have a nice time. Let's go for cakes and biscuits and things. You know, if you come for the biscuits, I'll send you them. 
Hallelujah. It's so important that we come and understand these are the times that we spend this time with God to, to learn, to be, to be adjusted, to be taught, to be, to be together, to be encouraged, to be rebuked. It's for everything. God, you know, every one of you will get something different out of a service. And that, that's amazing on its own. That's amazing on its own. Some people will be encouraged. Some people will go, oh, that's a bit tough for me today and all that. And I just listen. And I go, amen. Because I'm not going to comment because it's different. I don't know. God knows what we want. It's why we pray. It's why we pray every day. Trying to keep in touch with God. It's not about saying, oh, I'm going to do one hour of prayer of a morning and I'm going to do half an hour at lunchtime and, and one hour of a night. If you can do that, fantastic. It's just in the day as we go. Just remember God and just say a prayer walking down there. Say a quiet prayer to yourself, whatever it is. Just keep it. Just, this is what we're doing. He's looking for us. And of course, he wants us to study. He wants to do our own study. He wants us to come to Bible study. All is this is the transformation of us. Renewing our mind, renewing our looks, renewing our thoughts, renewing our vision all the time. So we can. Receive from God what he wants us to do. You know, even in your trials and tribulations, we're going to get them. We're going to get them. You will have tribulation in this life. But do not worry. I have overcome. We're going to get them. But this is the, this is, this is the challenge, isn't it, for us? He's trying to transform us. You know, and I always remember my wife praying for me when I first became a Christian to have patience. I've never had so much trouble in my life as when I heard her kept praying, give him patience, for whatever it takes, give him patience. Well, look at, look, at who's, look at the one who's got the most patience in the Bible. They said the patience of Job. Whoever wants to go through that to get patience, good luck to you. I, I, I don't want that. Uh, but I know every time she was praying, all right, so she gave me some patience. And over time, you get it. Because the more trials and tribulations you have, guess what? You become more patient waiting for the Lord to help us. It's quite fascinating. And, and it, so it is important. It's part of God working on us for our transformation. And it's marvellous, isn't it? When Ben was praying, you know, it is, it is, it's that, that spirit God has given us on the inside that's in there trying Trying, trying, trying to direct us, trying, you know, and, 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 and he's there. I, I can just imagine him going, oh, not again, Mark. Oh, God damn, how many times I've got to tell you this and you still don't do it. I, I mean, if, it was, if I was God, I was, I'd be saying, for Pete's sake, Ben, you know, what, what, what are you doing? You know, it's, it, but, but you can, can you imagine how many times God is looking at us? Oh, but then, then I get overwhelmed. I think, you think of how many times we fail. And yet he still wants to come and love us. Isn't that incredible? Are we okay? Sorry, okay, I need a tissue. Dave needs a tissue. Yes, that would be a good idea. <laughs> Praise God. As I said, that lovely part then. Hello, <laughs> you know, that, that love of Christ 
just wants to help us through it. You know, he tells us to go through that, that daily repentance. And, and, it, and, it, and we do. And, you know, and we do daily repent. I, I have to repent every day. And I, I sometimes stop repenting and go, why do I have to do this every day? You know, why, why can't I just be transformed now and, and stop it? You know, but I know the answer. It's my flesh. <laughs> I know my answer is my flesh. It just gets in the way. And so it's that spirit he gave us when we baptised us, you know, to give us the power over that flesh. So yet again, if we could just, when we get angry, could we just step back for a minute and go, okay, why am I angry? I'm not happy. Does it matter? Who am I destroying? And if you open your mouth to the people, the other people, you can understand why, you know, he said, slow to speak. Slow to speak. Otherwise, it just goes off. You know, it, it's so amazing. But this, of course, is part of our transformation. He told us, like, when, you know, when he gave us the, the fruit of the fruit of the Spirit, it's this self-control. And I did not find it easy when I first became a Christian, did I, Paul? No! So I battle. I was, I was mouthy, believe it or believe it not. Lying is a sin. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Slow to speak. Hallelujah. See how quickly we don't learn. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Our everyday repentance is that. It's, it's, it's looking at ourselves. It's great. It should be great for us. Not bad. We should be looking at ourselves going, oh, I've done that again. And oh, I forgot to do this. And I forgot to do that. This is our own teaching. And so if you don't want to, if you don't have to keep doing it every day, Stop doing it. <laughs> Stop the things we're doing. Because cause that's what he wants. And, and I'm just, every time I think about Jesus, and I go, wow, you're trying to transform me to be like Jesus? I, I, I just, sometimes I, I, I can't believe it, but I have to, because it says that over time, God will transform each one of us to be more like Jesus. But have you ever thought about Jesus' life? You know, and what we look at is all the suffering in that, don't we? We look at all the suffering at the end. You know, well, think about this. How many friends did he have? <laughs> no, he did not. How did he have lots of friends? Jesus. Were they his friends? Where were they then? Where were they? They all ran off from him. No, the, no they all ran off. The apostles ran off when they came for him. Thank you. He had no friends at all. He got three close acquaintances. Peter, 
John? You think about it. Where did he live? It made we really made me think. I bet he didn't go shopping for clothes. Isn't that fascinating? How many people did he help? How many people did he heal? And how many how many were how many were there on the day of Pentecost? One hundred and twenty in the upper room. See, miracles and all those healing don't bring people to Christ. Isn't that incredible? No wonder he wants to transform our thinking. The leaders of the Jews were totally against him. That's who we went to preach to first was the Jews to get them to tell him that he was the Messiah and yet they were all against him. The leaders wanted to kill him, plotted to kill him how many times? Everywhere he went, they wanted to beat him and whip him and they called him a devil, they mocked him. They, everything that we don't like, people to mock us when we, when we, when we speak something nice and, and, and they embarrass us and, and everything, everything like that. You're nothing but a devil, they said to him. Amen? He preached to the people, that, that Sanhedrin, that knew the scriptures. That knew all the scriptures that the Messiah was coming. And where he was coming from. They knew that he was coming from Bethlehem. They knew he was going to be born of a virgin. He knew, they knew he'd go. To... And still, they wouldn't look at the word. They would rather look at where they are, their position and what they are and what they think and what their traditions and what their rules they'd made and they totally missed the point. He even crucified him, plucking his beard. Even, the, even casting lots for his clothes. All these were prophecies. Incredible the amount of prophecies that were fulfilled here. And they knew them. But they wouldn't look at the word. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> and we know how they treated him. I mean, they, the Jews and the Romans broke their own laws to get him convicted of whatever they convict him of and then absolutely tortured, whipped scourged and cruelly crucified him, mocked him and everything else. I started to think at this stage, do I really want to be like Jesus? <laughs> because it really makes you think. And I said, and I went, I went, okay. But I'm still amazed that he wants to transform us, to be like him, not to be him. Okay, that was, that was my conclusion. I mean, oh, thank you, Lord. I don't fancy the mocking and the scourging and the, and the crucifixions and, and, and all that. But we're still going to get the other stuff. We are going to be the mocking. We are going to be called devils. We're going to be the wrong... We're already called the wrong people. We're the bigots, the uneducated. You know, uh, but I'm still amazed 
I'm still amazed God wants to and, 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 and really wants to help us change to be like him. So we, we haven't got to go through that life that Jesus had. And don't forget it was a short life. He was, only, he was only on the earth for 33. How many, how many, how many people more, how many years, how many, how many 71? Correct. 71 years, David. Look, David lived, lived over twice as long. Paul? Don't stop me, <laughs> Paul's lived twice as long as Jesus did. So isn't that amazing as well? We've, you know, we've, had a much, we've had a longer life than Jesus. He come for that one specific purpose and that was it. Isn't that incredible? So we can thank God that we're not like Jesus for when he died. Amen? So here's something really positive for us. Well, also, God probably knew that we needed longer to get through all the rubbish that we have to get through to get closer to him. He didn't have the scriptures we had today. Jesus didn't have the scriptures. God was God used him. Don't forget everything that all the scriptures that, that Jesus quoted, the Lord spoke through him from the Old Testament. And we've got all these New Testament stuff, so we're even more blessed than that. He definitely didn't have any computers. So we, we, we're okay. But again, God's plan is to give us this great vision of what Jesus did. And, and, and to see what he tells about what we've got for today. And we know there's positions that, that Jesus gave in the church, the apostles and the prophets and that. But don't forget, they're all there to help people to stay within the will of God. So the, the pastors and the teachers are the main people that just try to keep giving us the word and giving us the direction of where we should, where we sh- where we should be. And don't forget, the, 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 the job of, of, of the pastor is to be your servant. Is to be there to feed you what you need to be able to be transformed to the same image of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here... One of, the things, one of the things that I found was, was, was pretty incredible is that I said it a few weeks ago, we all need God. God needs us. I, the pastor, need you. You need me. And we all... Isn't that amazing? And do we work like that? Isn't it incredible? What is wrong with us? Get out of your flesh. Think about others. And not ourselves. Do you know if we start doing that a little bit? I don't know you've got to think about buying the washing powder and and all the rest of it. It's not the natural things of living. It's about looking outwards. Look at the people around us. Look at the pain and the hurt. You remember uh, some time, a few months ago that, that, that Wendy told us about the people that she knows. She said they've all got a facade. Every single one of these people are hurting, lost, pain, destroyed, lonely. Amazing. And that's what this world is like. Our flesh, our flesh just wants prosperity. That's all it wants. 
It wants prosperity, not God's prosperity, man's prosperity. And we know what it is. It's all the things money can buy. Flesh also wants everything just to be wonderful. Flesh, it's not reality. And when the world promised so much to us, they have no way of enabling us to get it. Flesh wants, flesh wants to do what flesh wants to do. There's our battle and we've got to get, we've got to get through this. And God, all he's trying to do is to, he, he, he gave us this spirit. And we said that, you know, this, this, our flesh wars against God. It wars against his word. And the, and the Bible says that the spirit is jealous of the flesh. Isn't that amazing that, that, that the spirit of God is jealous that we would rather try to look after this all the time and not look after what he's asked us to look after. Flesh wants to do what flesh wants to do. And yet, God says, I want to help you be more like Jesus and to walk in the Spirit as Jesus did when he was alive on this earth. We know that we're not going to be perfect. The word perfect for us means mature. He will mature us to, to know more and more. So therefore, we can be more like Jesus. The only thing God expects us to do is to spend some time trying to do the things he asks us to do. The disciples called Jesus rabbi, which means teacher. And it's so important that we have spirit-filled, learned teachers to teach us, not only in the right way, but one of the most important things of the job of, of a teacher or a pastor is also to be able to tell the people when they're wrong. Remember, God loves. God chastises those he loves. Isn't that fascinating? I, it's the first time in my life that I've, I've, I like being told off by everyone. So I said, oh, that's it. It must be me. God must be loving me. So for a period of my time, I was loved more than anyone else. And that's what I felt like. But when, we, but when we're going wrong, we must pray that people have that strength and the wisdom. But also the boldness to be able to tell us that we're wrong in the scripture. But with love. Because that's what it is about. It's about helping each other with that love that Jesus Christ gave to us. When he died on that cross, he left it. We know we can do nothing without the Father. So therefore, we must have that humility to accept that. And the integrity to say that when things are wrong or going wrong, it is sometimes our own fault. It's not always the devil. Yes, he wants to put you down. But sometimes... It's our fault. And God is only trying to work with whatever happening to get you closer to him. It is a spiritual battle every day. And like Jesus, he wants us to do the work of the ministry. It is a battle. And we need to continue to ask the Father to equip us to be like Jesus, to selflessly give ourselves, 
knowing that's what the Father is asking us to do. Huh. It is that love that I love. No matter where I go, I can turn to him and I know he loves me. But it is that joy and peace that he wants for us. It is that hope for tomorrow that we can do something. It is the passion, the excitement, the, 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 the vision he's given us of this marvellous life and this, and this afterlife that, that should, should keep us going no matter what, what we're going through. God is in the job of changing our minds, to change our desires from, from, from ourselves to, 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 to others, to change our desires from worldly desires to heavenly desires, to see what God wants for us on this life so we can have the blessed assurance that no matter what's happening, we know God is with us, in us, and will see us okay for the future right to everlasting life so the whole bible is trying to help us change to be like Jesus got every example you could wish for to show you how many times the church failed and still all he turned around and says come back to me isn't it marvellous Listen carefully to this last scripture, John 14, 12 to 14. Most assuredly, I'll say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do. It's a promise of God. Stop looking at yourself and look to what God wants for you and listen if we do this and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask anything in my name I will do it beautiful scripture we just like the last bit that's the only bit we pick out. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. We forget the pre-scriptures which tells us we'll be doing the work of Jesus. Then when we're doing that and the greater work we do, you ask anything in my name and I will do it. Father, you took us out of this world. You took us out of this world, Father, to get us out of our flesh and the worldly things, Father, to get into the spirit, to know, Father, that you dwell inside us, that, Father, you want to guide us and change our hearts and our minds. You want to do that, Father, so we can, Father, go into the darkness and know we will take the light and the, and the darkness cannot withstand the light, Father. So people cannot withstand us, Lord. Father, it is only the devil that's in them, Father, and, we, and we've got to have compassion on these people, Lord. For, Father, they don't know, they don't see the light, but we do. We've got the light. We are the light of the world, Father. And you tell us that, Father, when, we, when we're there with you in the Spirit, Father, you shall be with us. You'll give us the words to speak. You'll bring back all these scriptures. You'll 
He'll bring back, Father. Father, and, and, each other. and when we read in Romans, Father, that, that, that the Spirit, where the, where the Spirit is, there's liberty, there's freedom to do whatever we should be doing for you, Christ. And not be bound, Father, by our own thinking, Father. And how the devil just wants to put everyone down and get us that busy. We can't do the work of Christ, Father. So, Father, forgive us, Lord. But then you tell us, Lord, then you tell us you're never going to leave us, forsake us. You want to dwell in us and that Spirit will guide us into all truth to do the things that you want us to do. The spiritual life, Father, not the fleshly life, Lord. And then, Father, you go all the way through, Father, telling us loads of things. And then you build us up, Father, and say, we are more than conquerors. What can man do to us? We're more than conquerors. We're God's children. And he will pretend. He will deliver us from all evil. This is the word of God. He wants to transform us to be like Jesus. So no matter where Jesus went, he knew. He knew he was doing the will of God. And he would be okay. And even when we look at the crucifixion. We read the scripture and he says, I was not given. I had in my power to give my life and raise it up. I chose. I chose the man, Jesus Christ, chose to die for the salvation of the world. Father, my prayer today is yet again, change us, Lord. Help us, Father, to get rid of the things of the flesh and put the things in the spirit in their place and watch the difference in us and watch what we do. So, Father, bless us. Let us go away from here again, Lord. And let us be empowered, Father. Let our passion be, 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 be multiplied. Let our vision, Father, be clear of who we can be. We can be just like Jesus. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the incredible power and truth and guidance that you give us. And we still come to you and say, Lord, help us this week to remember these things, to yet again examine our lives day by day. What else? Who else can we speak to? about you. Help us, we pray, God. Father, we bless you and bless our day, Father, as we go to have our social. And we, we just thank you, Lord, for bringing us to church this morning. We pray for those who are not here, Lord. And Father, just help them. And Lord, help them just listen to the podcast, Father. It's a good technical thing, Lord, that we've got. And let us just take the word of God and do something this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.